0: Two things are certain in life, death and taxes. And a lot of us spend a lot of time working to avoid both. There are situations where you may want to pay taxes at a time that it hurts, but you really would want to keep control and access to the money that you have over time. Today, we're gonna discuss some context in which someone may want to consider paying more taxes to enhance their financial plan. So the big question is this, how do veterinarians like you, who live demanding lives, who never seem to have enough time, Able
1: to achieve balance and take control of your finances with confidence? That is the question, and this podcast will give you the answers. We are Florida Veterinary Advisors, and this is the Smarter Vet Podcast. Hey, Smarter Vets, this is Tom Seco and CJ Burnett. We're financial advisors that work with veterinarians across the U.S., owners of Florida Veterinary Advisors, and the host of this podcast, Smarter Vet Financial Podcast.
0: Our mission is to reduce financial stress from the veterinary community by providing them the next step in their plan. Make sure to check out all of the great resources available on our website, such as complimentary financial race CEs, assessments, videos, articles, pretty much anything we could think of, we put them there. You can find them by going to flvetadvisors.com. We even have a YouTube channel as well, so if you've never checked out our YouTube,
1: Uh, hopefully we'll have all that on our website at some point or another. Yeah. Maybe, Hey,
0: maybe you could be the fourth subscriber. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I think we have more than for some reason. I I don't know how many we have. Yeah. I don't. One of these days we will have a bajillion subscribers. Well, we're getting our, we're we're revamping our website too. So there's a bunch of things that we're going to be working on rolling out soon that are just going to be able to push more stuff and more material on YouTube and, on all the things that we have out there, because I don't, I don't think we've uh, we've ever really spent too much time getting a lot of those things uh, set up, right? So, should be good.
1: Mm-hmm. I mean, who likes new stuff? This guy, I, I like new stuff. We're both raising your hand, so our hands. <laughs> in case the listeners don't know what's going on, <laughs>
0: this guy right here, like which guy? I don't know where he's pointing.
1: This episode's—I I don't know what even made us think about it. However, it just—it it seemed like this was a, a great time to have a conversation around this. And we're always having discussions with our clients and, you know, prospective clients of ours around saving for the future and what should they be doing? Well,
0: I, and I, you're likely saving. No, I think the genesis of it is like, people are always asking us like, what do I do with the money that I save? Cause there's all these different places to put. And then no one can ever really think of places to put right Because they just like, just don't know. You're,
1: you're likely saving money right now. And that's awesome. Like If you are, that is incredible, and if you're not, I wish you lots of luck to be able to start getting there. Uh, And maybe you're not saving enough money or need to start saving at some point or another. Uh, As we look throughout our lives, there's actually two phases that we constantly want to keep looking at. Uh, The first one is that everyday whirlwind. Um, CJ and I experience it all the time. Uh, Every day, it's just like, how do we make sure we can keep up with all the demands that are being thrown at us? We like to call it our lifestyle. Uh, lifestyle addiction, as there's some people would usually call it. And then there's your plan. It's, you know, the one day we want to not have to work forever. And when you can create that clear distinction in in your mind and in your plan of saying like, hey, I've got two phases in my everyday life, it can help you be able to, one, be able to understand where should I be putting money on a day-to-day basis? Coming
0: to the lifestyle piece, like the, the, I think a good plan, financial plan is really a balance between the two. Right, like i don't want to have all of my money going to my lifestyle but then i also want don't want to have all of my money going to my my plan for the future because like that means i'm like not really living that well today right So I think it's, I think it's important to kind of point out Mm -hmm. like those two parts of your life, like a a good plan balances between the two. There's, there's money that is for today that allows me to enjoy today. And then there's also money that's set aside to allow me to also enjoy tomorrow. And if I'm doing more too much of one or the other, then I'm out of balance. And Mm -hmm. then it's going to cause, it's going to cause stress potentially, and it's going to cause harm to me either now or in the future. Right. And and we want to talk about how you're approaching savings for your plan. And
1: how the impacts of where you're putting money can, you know, from a a tax standpoint, can impact you today or or waiting later when you actually start taking money. Like, how does it impact your income? Uh, And really, that boils down to the big question that people ask us for retirement is, should I save money into a Roth or should I put money into a traditional type retirement
0: plan? Mm, Retirement plan, like, quote. Right. Retirement plan.
1: Yeah, I know. They're usually called plans too, but realistically they're called, they're really accounts right. that people put money right. into. Right.
0: Named after tax codes. Right. Mm-hmm. So like it lots lots up, tax uh, codes. Yeah. So my retirement <laughs> plan, it says my retirement plan on my statement, but like, what is that? Like, what is my, is my plan just an account? Like, is it, am I just relying entirely on this one thing, this one investment account in order to make my, get myself through retirement? So it's a, it's a good thought absolutely and and when it comes to the question
1: of Roth or traditional you know m- mostly people know around like IRAs or 401ks would be money you're putting into account that you know is, is before any type of taxes are taken from it or you have the op- opportunity to put money into a Roth, uh, which they haven't been IRAs and they haven't been 401ks and if it's something you have the ability at your current company that you work at it could be something you could consider to put money into if they offer it if not you should be saying hey can you guys start offering me a of Roth 401k. Yeah,
0: it's and it's it, it's very, I mean, we do we open up 401ks all the time for companies. So I know that mm-hmm. whenever we're talking about plan designs, you know, the employer or whoever is managing, like whoever's at the company that is in charge of, of getting the 401k done can oftentimes just kind of choose to have it as opposed to not having it, right? And then give people the the ability to decide whether or not they want it. Like maybe some should do both some people should do both some people should do neither and some people should probably do one over the other right there's there really isn't no answer to like like this is what everybody should do so cuz nobody is the same so depending on your age depending on your net worth depending on your income amounts and the projections of your income that like in the future and over time like all that is going to play into not just what you could 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 you consider putting money into but also how much you should be considering to putting into each one each one of those things
1: absolutely and and going back to what we alluded to towards the beginning of this conversation that you know retirement accounts are for retirement like think of it when you put money into these things it's really designed at some point when you decide that you're like hey I'm I'm done working with my career but there are other places that you could put money uh, that aren't necessarily, you know, right now if you could see me, I'm doing finger quotes <laughs> that are not retirement accounts. Like you can put money into those accounts, and we're going to have another episode where we talk about that. However, people by default will usually start saying, "I need to save," "I need to save," and then that's the first place that they go.
0: Now, most of the time when when people mention retirement accounts, right, they're spoken of it mostly about like the accounts that we're really thought up by Congress on how taxes will be paid. So you can, you know, with a Roth, you can pay the taxes on the income now uh, and then, you know, obviously not pay any taxes on it in the future when you when you pull it out in retirement. Um, or you can put money into the traditional, which obviously reduces your taxable income now by the amount of money that you contributed. But when you take the money out in the future, it's going to be a uh, 100% uh, taxable income. All right, so if I pull a dollar from my mm-hmm. traditional four hundred one k when I'm seventy years old, right, then there, then that's going to be taxed at ordinary income for the year that I do it. So, and just one one thing that I was kind of thinking of, Tom, when I started thinking about this episode, was like when did all these things start? Because I, it's always kind of nice to think of like the origination of something and the purpose of it. Like who, the designer of this these things? Like what were they thinking about? when these things were thought up. And so to give some kind of history, some contextual history to this, r- traditional IRAs were really part of the Employee Retirement Income Security Act of 1974. So it's it's really been something f- somewhat new. I mean, you know, like our grandparents, I don't even think they had, you know, a lot of our grandparents, I guess, depends on who, you, how old you are right now. But you know, a lot of our grandparents or great-grandparents didn't even have access to, to something like a traditional IRA, it looks like. right? Or or the traditional 401k didn't come about until the Revenue Act of 1978. Or the Roth IRA didn't come out until the Taxpayer Relief Act of 1997. And the Roth 401k, this was kind of cool, uh, it was part of the Economic Growth and Tax Relief Reconcilia- Reconciliation Act of 2001. But... Wasn't an option for employers apparently until 2006. Apparently, it took uh, took five years to like figure out how to make it. Make it work, I guess. I looked up a little bit online about each one of these things, and you know, some of the information out there is uh, conflicting. So, I didn't want to put a lot of things about this on here, but it's kind of interesting. So, 1974, 1978, 1997, 2001, right? They're all fairly within the last, you know, really within the last generation that these things have come about for as as options for us to put money into. So you can see how how
1: complicated our society has made things for us <laughs> over time and it's no longer just stocks and bonds like they had in the past. Well yeah, and like
0: and and for people listening to this if you don't know, like you can actually when we're talking about these things, these are not investments, these are the accounts, right? So the, you have an account mm-hmm. that then you can hold investments into. So a Roth IRA, you can have bonds or you can have stocks or you can, you know, do you you, you actually can hold a lot of different assets inside of retirement plans you have to go you have to be very strategic on how you do that obviously you know, it, there there are many different ways to use retirement accounts that may not even you know that a lot of people don't even recognize because they don't know their options just with those accounts they also don't know their options outside of those accounts because there's a bunch of things that are outside of those accounts that you can still leverage and use for your own benefit for retirement even though they're not considered you know quote retirement accounts do you ever get FOMO about investing? You know, the fear of missing out?
1: Most of people will start to invest without a strategy that works along with their plan. We created a short 20-minute video that talks about the three main investment philosophies and how to create an approach that works best for you. You can find a link to the video in the description of this podcast. If you're looking to talk about your current investment and savings approach, you can reach out to us by completing the form below
0: the video as you watch it. will give some idea... The differences between or the, or maybe some qualities of these things, Tom, because I think some people mm-hmm. really need some, at least some guidance to know what to Google or what to go out and research, right? So traditional 401ks. I guess the biggest thing is too, like why is it even called a
1: traditional 401k? Mm-hmm. So like, you know, traditional 401k, if you're not familiar with this and you're listening to the show right now, you know, traditional basically means that you're putting money into the account without paying taxes on it first. And then when you go to actually take the money out in the future, because you didn't pay taxes on it now, it just means that you need to pay the taxes on it when you take it out in the future. So, you know, really depending on what taxes are at and what the economy is and how the world is currently operating and the amount of income you need is really going to determine how much in tax you're going to have to pay. So as you're putting money into these things and the the default place to where you can actually be able to contribute to these types of accounts is that you have to do it through your company. So you're either working for someone that has set it up for you and then they do it through payroll deduction. So you just say, hey, out of every one of my checks, I want you to take a certain amount out of it, or I want you to take a certain percentage and then it gets pulled out. And then after all your other deductions, and then you'll end up seeing that's like what your net pay would be after the fact. So, you know, actively you just keep contributing to it. And then one day when you decide, like, hey, I'm, I want to stop working at some point, and you're now age, you know, 59 and a half, at least at a minimum, is when you could start accessing this plan uh, until Congress either changes that that age or not, that you can access the money without any penalties, any tax penalties, but you still have to pay tax on them.
0: It is kind of an interesting thought where Congress can change things. Yeah, I mean, they just changed the required minimum distribution
1: law recently mm-hmm. from 70 and a half to
0: 72. Right. You know, Congress still has somewhat of a say with how these things work, even into the future right we we may we may plan around these things today and then get to retirement in 10 15 30 years from now and the rules are different yeah and that's the crazy thing like when you listed off the we went down memory
1: lane a little bit ago Uh We're talking about they're all different tax laws and things that the, the Congress and the you know the, the House and the Senate and everything passed for us over time. I don't know
0: why, but the economic growth and tax relief reconciliation act just sticks out in my mind because it is like the longest <laughs> like I was I was typing that out going, Oh my gosh, when does this end? Like I got tired typing out the title of this thing. <laughs> it's like, what is it? Like the EGTRRA <laughs> two thousand <laughs> <laughs> The egg to uh, yeah, I don't know. No Roth four K Right is kind of the opposite, where you know you can you you don't deduct the contributions to it now, but as it grows, whenever you get to retirement, you can take money out, and and none of the growth is going to be taxed, right? It's all it's all uh, tax advantage from that perspective. But I think with the four hundred one k's, it's it's important to recognize that there's a limit on how much money you can put in them. Like you can't just put like mm-hmm. your whole your whole annual salary of a hundred thousand dollars into it, right? Like that you know there i mean there are there are certain qualified plans that you know if you have a certain situation that you could do that but like for the most part when we're talking about 401k's and what your employer is providing you usually you know that maximum is, is going to be some percentage of your income. And and that, that limit seems to change from year to year. It seems to keep increasing, although I know all Congress has to do is just say we're not increasing it anymore and you can only put X amount of dollars into it in perpetuity. Like, I don't think they'll ever do that, but I mean, it, you know, they could. Well, the, the cool
1: thing about it and something that just needs to be, like no needs to be made here is that you know, the 401k does allow for you to contribute based off of today's, it's over three times the amount that you can into a regular IRA. Right. And when you do have a Roth component that is available to you, well, now you have the ability to contribute money into these plans without having what they call uh, phase outs. Well, so, like if you and your household are making too much money, you might not even have the ability to actually actively contribute to. A Roth IRA. Which, so if they have it through your work, it's an opportunity for you to put away some before uh, after tax. Which savings. boggles my
0: mind. How many people that we've met with where they're like, "Yeah, we're putting money in our Roth IRA," and we know how much income, and we're going, no, "What? Like, how, n- huh? Like your your income is way above the amount that you're able to put mm-hmm. into a Roth IRA," and they're just straight up. It's and I'm not talking about backdoor Roths. I'm talking like a straight up just contribution to a Roth IRA because the financial institution that they were working with or the advisor that they were working with just wasn't, I mean, they just didn't know or they didn't pay attention or their accountant was telling them to do it. Maybe the accountant didn't know. And so, you know, it, it is kind of interesting how, how many things people do that they don't know that they can't do. And then now they have to figure out how to undo it and all the penalties and the headache that goes along with, with figuring out how to make it work. Right. And
1: if you're looking for different opportunities to put money away on an after-tax type basis, or you're you're looking for different spots, uh, you know you do have abilities to do what they call backdoor IRAs. You know, just for the sake of this conversation, we'll let you go out there and be able to look it up a little bit more if you want to talk. Definitely reach out to us. Um, but then there are also other types of plans out there, like permanent life insurance and different things you can put money into, which can be after-tax, but they're not exactly, they don't work the same way that certain retirement accounts. So if you're looking for after-tax opportunities, there there are chances if your company does not provide them,
0: you could do it. And, and I think it's important to recognize that I, I, the phrase, the devil is in the details always comes to mind, like, especially when always. it comes to planning. Like, <laughs> And, you know, there are some times where I know clients for the most part, like they kind of trust us and to to a certain degree to kind of navigate that. But you know, we give a lot of detail to clients or we try to, you know, just so then they recognize like, oh, OK, like, you know, when we talk about something that's that is specifically for their plan, oftentimes it's like we have they'll, they'll go to their neighbor and tell them, don't tell your neighbor because like your neighbor can't do this thing. <laughs> what we're telling you to do is like just because of your specific like position and we've also talked to their accountant. We've also talked to their attorneys. Like we we we've done a lot of due diligence on the back end to make sure that they can do these things and they're not going to run into any hiccups. And so consult your accountant uh to know what options you have when it comes to these things. I you know this this does fall under tax advice and you really want to make sure your accountant is giving you the, the, the tax advice that's required, even though your your advisor may be managing the investments or doing things uh, on the back end with with depositing money into accounts, you're, you're really, it's your CPA that needs to be the one signing off on a lot of these things. And don't forget to consult your advisor yeah. on how these things are going to affect your plan over time, because your accountant may be very aware of what, what is, what's going on right now, well, your advisor should be more aware of what's going to happen in the future and how all of those those decisions are going to have an e- effect over time.
1: We, we hope you like this episode. There's a lot of great things that we've shared into this. If you ever want to ask more questions, make sure to go to our website. And if we're not friends yet, make sure to follow us on the different platforms that you listen to podcasts of either on Spotify or on Apple. Uh, write us a review. Show us some love about like, you know, what you think about our show. Uh, We'd love to hear from you because it also lets other people know that you're listening, lets other people know that this is a great podcast that they should be listening to. And if you can't take one of your favorite episodes and share it on one of your social media platforms, that would be great just to let others be able to listen to this, enjoy the same type of content that you're getting.
0: Should should they use a hashtag most awesomeness?
1: Yeah, no, or just hashtag smarter Okay.
0: This is CJ Burnett. And I'm Tom Seiko. Wishing you a lifetime of financial success.
1: Only guest speakers and their firms are not affiliated with or endorsed by Park Avenue Securities, Guardian, or Florida Veterinary Advisors, and opinions stated are their own. Guardian, its subsidiaries, agents, and employees do not provide tax, legal, or accounting advice. Consult your tax, legal, or accounting professional regarding your individual situation. Submission number 2023163478 expires October 2025.